Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Gridiron Blitz Podcast, your weekly source for women's American football, insights, game recaps, and NFL News Weekly. Subscribe on Apple and iHeart. Welcome to Gridiron Blitz 389 in the house. Oscar Lopez getting ready for two hours jam-packed as we get ready for the NFL Week 1 season. And we're going to dive into it with the Salty One, ex-league insider Nate Ward. We're also going to dive into the national scene with women's international news from Europe, and that's going to be with Mark Simone, a.k.a. the backseat coach, in the second hour. In the first hour, in about 15 minutes here, we're going to have the talented, multi-time champion and All-American uh, Taylor Hay from the Kansas City glory of the WNFC and her anticipation to bring back the St. Louis Lamb of the Women's Football Alliance in 2022. So we're going to dive into her and the exciting season that happened in the WNFC for her and her uh, other uh, teammates and how they're looking forward to the 2022 season in the WFA. So pretty awesome to kind of dive into Taylor. We haven't talked to her in, I think, over a year. So it's going to be great to talk to her and see what her perspective is on the changes in the sport, also what she sees on the horizon for both leagues, the WFA and the WNFC. And so uh, kind of dive into her head in terms of where the state of the game is and as we go into 2022, especially in this offseason, uh, considering all the changes that are happening. So uh, we're going to also dive into college football week one and week two preview uh, with in Holly's corner with uh, WNFC defensive all-star Holly Custis and our own co-host of the Utah Falcons. So we'll dive into that. But uh, a lot of news happening overseas. Uh, big bombshell news before we came on the air. Uh, Northern Lights. Uh, two of the key pieces of the Northern Lights victory uh, over in Finland in Division One, um, 26-21. The Northern Lights are your Division One uh, champions in Finland, and uh, two of the key players are going to be o- going over to the Orble Black Knights uh, one week before they have to face Karlstad Crusaders in a rematch of Week One. Pretty exciting. So if you haven't been to the Hub, I encourage you to go to the Hub. It is the best network on the planet at the hub at facebook.com for such grand beauties. Keep up to date on everything that's happening in the sport, everything that's happening in the NFL, plus college football in the fall. In the fall. So we do our best to keep up to date on everything that's relevant in terms of the women's game, including pro football and college football. So um, we are very proud of that. So head over to the hub at facebook.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties. Also, if you don't follow us on Twitter, head over to Gridiron Beauties on Twitter for the latest updates on women's American football and NFL news as well. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Thank you, everybody, for subscribing uh, and taking advantage of our over 300 episodes, downloading them as well uh, on Apple specifically, also on iHeart and Spotify. So if you need the link for the Apple subscription, go right there at the description at the hub, facebook.com for the podcast. 
don't forget also Monkey Night Fight. NFL has, is going to kick off in a week from today. So uh, you got Thursday night and this weekend's games coming up here. What a perfect time to go to Monkey Night Fight. Free $5 play up to $100 match. Use the code NJF to get started. Uh, I play more or less because it's really easy for me to dissect who's going to get more yards, who's going to get more points, who's going to, uh, you know, excel in that sense and uh, make up three times my money. So if you're going to put in, you know, $5, you can make up to $15. Put in 30 you can make up to 90 If you put in $300, opportunity to make $900. So there's a good opportunity for intuition. So you go right there to sign up today. Monkey Knife Fight, use the code NJF, $5 play, free $5 play, up to $100 match. So check it out. Head over there today and uh, support our podcast. And they're the ones that keep our podcast alive and on the air. So check it out. They're one of our sponsors as well. So And also we have Zazzle.com, who also helps us out. Go to the Zazzle No Joke Football Shop. Get as much gear as you need there. Uh, spread the love for women's American football. Check it out, Zazzle.com forward slash uh, Gridiron Beauties. Use the daily codes there if you want to get a higher price code. If you have no code, use Zazzle Thanks, and you get a 15% off uh, any purchase daily on there. So check it out. Go to Zazzle.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties at the No Joke Football Shop. You can also visit uh, at No Joke Football on Instagram, at No Joke Football on Facebook. All right. So I think most of the promos are out the door. So we're going we're gonna to dive in a little bit here. In terms of what's going to happen here in the NFL season, because uh, it's coming up right away. And if you followed three weeks of the preseason, it really was kind of like, uh, I don't really want to pay attention at this point. I'm one of those people that doesn't pay attention to that because I think it's just um, misinformation in, in a lot of ways because we have no idea what the regular roster is going to look like, number one. We have no idea who's going to be retained on the taxi squad, number two. And ultimately, we have no clue as to what schemes are going to be run, considering the fact that all the teams aren't putting up their best players, maybe for a quarter or two. And depending on the matchups, more than likely they're more of a scrimmage mode. So some of the coaches are just going to pretty much just put out whoever they can put out to see what potential each player has in terms of the schemes with their systems on defense or offense or special teams. So there's really no gauge. In other words, in terms of the preseason, as you come into the NFL regular slate, college football in that sense, it's already been week one. So diving into the college football scene is going to be very interesting. Uh, I don't have Holly here every week, but we do have Holly every week in terms of her perspective. So we'll get into the college football scene as well with uh, Holly Custis. And we're going to dive into her right now as we dissect this past week's games, and that was Basically, some of the bombshells that happened, and she's going to give you your take. Um, very happy for me because my UCLA Bruins are doing, uh, are doing really well. So that's a bright spot for the Pac-12. So we'll dive into uh, her right now and get Holly's perspective in terms of the college football scene. Welcome to Holly's Corner. Here are some of the most interesting results in college football from the weekend. Number four, Ohio State 45, Minnesota 31. Ohio State starts sluggish in the C.J. Stroud era, but picks it up in the second half. They have the offensive talent to go far if Stroud can maintain composure, but the defense needs some work. Virginia Tech 17, number 10, North Carolina 10. This was supposed to be UNC's dark horse year, but they came out flat. Somehow was pressured all game and ended up with three picks. Virginia Tech made the game ugly, and it played in their favor for the big-time win. Number one, Alabama 44. Number 14, Miami 13. It just isn't fair sometimes how much talent Alabama brings in every year. 
Bryce Young dominated in his opening game with Alabama with four touchdowns. Miami couldn't do much right, and this has to really hurt their confidence for the next few weeks. Number two, Oklahoma 40, Tulane 35. Oklahoma has much more talent than Tulane, but man, did Tulane fight. If Oklahoma wants to be a playoff team, they have to get better at finishing off teams with lesser talent. They have a tendency the last couple of years to let teams hang around, and it tends to bite them. Number five, Georgia 10. Number three, Clemson 3. This was a devastating loss for Clemson. Their remaining schedule is not strong at all, so their playoff hopes are hanging by a thread already. Georgia's front manhandled Clemson and made life very difficult for DJ. Clemson seems to be missing maybe one or two more pieces on the offensive side from where they are normally. This has to be a huge confidence boost for Georgia, though. Their offense will not likely be putting up 50 points a game, but the defense is going to win them a lot of games. Number 19, Penn State 16. Number 12, Wisconsin 10. Another old-school game with a lot of defense. Merck seems to have really taken a couple of steps back from his early on-fire start last year and ended up with no TDs and two picks. Penn State did just enough to win, but it still puts them in a great spot early in the Big Ten. And finally, UCLA's 38, number 16, LSU 27. Is UCLA turning the corner finally? They seem to be. They ran the ball all over the place. LSU is going to get killed in the run game in the SEC if they don't make some changes defensively the rest of the year. It's healthy for the Pac-12 that UCLA can continue their push. I think that's uh, some of the keys that Holly pointed out there. Uh, the major players are going to be at the top. You're also going to get uh, you know, no different, obviously, in the top 10. If you look at the um, AP poll that came out, the top 25, uh, Alabama, as, as usual, at the top, Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Texas A&M, Clemson. Then you got Cincinnati, uh, Notre Dame, Ohio, uh, I mean, Iowa State, Iowa uh, at the top 10. So that's something kind of like to keep an eye on at this point. Well, week two, the matchups are really going to be important. You got number 12, Oregon, taking on number three, Ohio State, as one of the marquee matchups coming in this week. Uh, there's a massive showdown right there in Ohio this week, preseason, tw- uh, Pac-12 favorite. Oregon travels to face pre- uh, preseason Big Ten favorite Ohio State. The winner will have a marquee non-conference win. It's a, it's a back pocket, but the loss won't affect the, uh, their, you know, their rankings at this point in terms of the conference aspirations. So uh, that could be a great game. The other one is number 10, Iowa, and number 9, Iowa State. So that's going to be a key one as well. So let's, uh, let's go back to uh, Holly's Corner, and she's going to give us the breakdown and a preview of Week 2. Here are some key matchups to look for for next weekend in college football. Number 12, Oregon, at number 3, Ohio State. This is a huge matchup for both schools. The winner gets an inside track at the playoffs. The loser has to try to look to win out the rest of the schedule to stay in the conversation. Ohio State looked vulnerable in Game 1, but Oregon also got pushed against Fresno State. Both teams are talented, but this will come down to how C.J. Stroud handles the pressure that Kayvon Thibodeau, hopefully cleared to play, will bring. If Oregon can make C.J. uncomfortable, this will be a fun game. Number 10, Iowa, and number 9, Iowa State. Iowa came in and punched Indiana in the mouth last week. Iowa State escaped against a lower-level school. This is a state rival game, but can Iowa State execute better this week? Number 21, Utah at BYU. The Holy War game is always entertaining. Both schools had solid week ones. 
Utah is going to need every win they can get to compete in the Pac-12 South, which looks to be strong so far this year. And I think uh, to her point, is there two key matchups right there that will really be involved and will will be focused on. So it's very important. The other games involving ranked teams that are worth highlighting this this week too in the college football: Kansas at number 17, Coastal Carolina, and then you have number five, Texas A&M at Colorado. Number 15, Texas at Arkansas. And then you have number 21, Utah at BYU. So uh, BYU, for example, um, at this point Saturday, the, uh, the Utes lead the all-time series there at 62-34-4, and and they're riding a nine-game winning streak over the Cougars. So that's a, a, a big, big matchup right there. The other one is Coastal Carolina opening its 11-1 and campaign with a 38-23 road win over Kansas. It was a springboard for, the, for them and the Sun Belt teams defeated three Big 12 opponents that week. Coastal Carolina reached as high as number nine in the AP poll in 2020. Now Coastal Carolina gets to host Kansas and see what they're made of. So key games right there. Uh, we will keep tabs on the main two that Holly may mentioned in Holly's Corner. We're also going to uh, you know, be focused on the remaining schedule in week two in terms of the ranked teams. Uh, Kansas at Coastal Carolina, number five, Texas A&M at Colorado number 15, Texas at Arkansas, and number 21, Utah at BYU. We'll get Holly's takes on terms of what the results were, and then we'll kind of dive into week three as well in terms of a preview. So I appreciate her making the time. She's obviously not able to come in live with us, but she's able to give her insights here as well. She's coaching youth football, and that's a passion for her, and obviously she can't be here every week. So appreciate her bringing her intakes every week for college football and breaking it down. We will have Holly's corner take in the NFL in the second hour as we dive into the NFL with Mackenzie Brooks and Nate Ward in the last 30 minutes of the podcast. We're also going to have Mark Simone here in about an hour to talk about everything that happened in the women's game internationally, especially in Finland. Both championships in Finland, very down to the wire, very competitive. So uh, shout out to Turku Trojans in Finland and the uh, Olu Northern Lights, which just kicked butt. Both championships could be right there at the hub. You can watch it. Uh, Rotu, Rotu Plus in Finland, plus the YouTube coverage from Northern Lights right there. Uh, the link's all at the hub, so that's the place to be. The best network on the planet exists at the hub, and if you're not there every week, I don't know what else you're doing. So check out at facebook.com, for slash Korean Beauty. It's the best source for women's American football news, NFL, and college right there for the whole fall, fall season. We're also going to dive into the Czech Republic. We're going to dive into uh, the Europe scene and the NWFL as well. So don't forget, go to the Hub every week, stay up to date, and you're, you're, when you get to here for Tuesday, you're going to know what's going on. So let's go into the uh, Monkey Knife Fight huddle here. And don't forget, you can go to Monkey Knife Fight, get yourself a, five, a free $5 play, start for the NFL Week 1 uh, this coming weekend, $5 play up to $100 match. You can play more or less like I do, make some money. You can make up to, uh, you know, off of $5, you can make $15. Off of 30 you can make 90 And if you're inclined to put in $300 and, and, and win, you're going to make almost $900. So pretty easy prop games. Go check it out, monkeyknife5.com. Use the code NJF. So let's go to the promo now. Is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy to play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Knife Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50. All 
All right, guys, don't forget to Monkey Night Fight and check it out. And let's bring in the talented uh, multi-time champion, WFA multi-time champion and all-star and WNFC Kansas City Glory superstar, and that's Taylor A. Taylor, how's it going? Hi, it's going well. Thank you. How was the the season for you, Taylor? We saw you in action uh, with the rest of your teammates from the Slam and uh, the, the phenom that is Maddie Roses can only get better in 2022. Yeah, it was great. Um, it was, I mean, they welcomed us with open arms as they usually always do. So it was nice to be able to um, have football even when we, you know, COVID kind of took it away from us times two in St. Louis. So it was nice to be able to still play, even though we weren't able to play at home. Now, Taylor, uh, the bug hit you and you just right over. What do you think of this? The whole season for the WNFC, really awesome. Uh, every game streamed on Vire Sports. Uh, that was, I think that was probably the best thing we can talk about out of the whole season, not taking away from all the highlights from the teams and everything week to week, but that was pretty impressive. And then the fact that, you know, you have some young quarterbacks still evolving uh, in this league for the next season. I think, uh, you know, when you break it down for the whole season, there's veteran quarterbacks, but now we have a potential to see – some really young quarterbacks, some really young receivers. There's just a lot of talent in this league. Uh, yeah, I would agree. Um, I was happy to be able to experience um, the WNFC, uh, and uh, I agree with you with the games, especially for my family, because um, home games were not necessarily home games for us. Um, and so, uh, and then, you know, COVID kind of restricts the county that we played in. So not, you know, everyone felt comfortable coming. So it's nice to be able to watch it, even if you don't uh, want to physically go to the game. Uh, but with, in regards to the young ones coming, yeah, I'm starting to find myself on the um, the older end now. So everyone I used to play with is either coaching, they're retired, and I'm just looking around. And so it makes me happy. Uh, it's kind of bittersweet uh, to see that, the league is still growing, uh, and I think that Maddie especially was thrown into a position um, that she didn't prepare for necessarily uh, to be thrown into at the beginning, so I think she did a great job. Uh, that's not easy to do, uh, especially at her age. Um, I mean, her brain is still developing, so I think like to handle all of that, uh, she did a great job. Now, you know, Coach Kiki, she's got a good game plan. She knows what the elite's all about. She knows what the, you know, all these – top players because she's either competed against or participated. And so I think that's a good nucleus to start with for the glory is the coaching staff is going to be really key for them to compete in this Atlantic division, especially when you're going up against the champions. Uh, I definitely agree. I think, um, and, you know, Kiki um, and OJ, they played together, they played against each other. And so um, I think OJ was a great resource and support to Kiki uh, mentor wise coaching. um, And then, Obviously, uh, I think Kiki is uh, an elite player in our league. She was one of the pioneers. Uh, I remember playing against her as a rookie, so I think she was the best best choice uh, for their birth. And um, I think she did a wonderful job and is doing a wonderful job. And uh, I think they had, I think it was like 17 to 20 rookies. Uh, so that was kind of exciting mm-hmm. uh, as a vet to see. And it was, it kind of worked out perfectly with what came from St. Louis because we were all veterans. So it was, it was nice. It's like we both kind of needed each other for this season. So it worked out really well. The whole motion of the game has changed. Uh, we would have never thought we'd be here. You know, and we thought it would take us longer to be here, 
but now you have the WFA with major sponsors. You've got the WFA now hooked up for five years in Canton. You've got the WNFC really working to try to get themselves you know, at a higher level in terms of visibility with TV and everything else. So, I mean, for the sport, you've been in the sport long, long like I have covering it. I, I think this is a huge positive in terms of both leagues. Oh, I, I definitely agree. I remember being a rookie and um, the veterans in who had been 10 years, 11 years in, telling me how they cranked the lights, they painted the fields, and I'm over here thinking, like, what? We play on turf, you know. So now I'm 10, 12 years in, and uh, it's so different. You know, TV, not even television, equipment, things being provided for you. Um, I think we all saw on Facebook, um, you know, what all-star – uh, goodie bags were given to the WNFC players. I have a few of my teammates that made the all-star team, so I was able to uh, kind of benefit from that. So they, you know, they were given a whole lot of things, and I think that's awesome. Uh, I think, you know, in our game, we're not celebrated as much as, uh, you know, our male counterparts. So I think both leagues are, you know, doing their best to make sure that that's, that changes for, for our future generations, for sure. And I think players uh, at your stature with the long tenure now, I really think everybody's focusing more on the next uh, stage, which we're going to need individuals like yourselves with experience to take that jump to the coaching, right? Because a lot of the tackle uh, teams were lacking coaching in the past, whether it be volunteering and they couldn't volunteer. Now there's an opportunity where there's an influx of older players that can still contribute in a lot of other ways, like Michelle Braun over in Minnesota and other players that have just decided, hey, I still want to, you know, contribute and participate or even at this point just you know continue to bring attention to the sport but now they're on the sidelines and making a difference on in some level either special teams or offense defense etc oh i definitely agree and i think i've learned even as a veteran um 12 years in that the rookies will take from me maybe a little bit better than they will you know a coach Um, and so sometimes it's it's because they're nervous. If they ask the wrong question, is it going to affect this? You know, especially, you know, someone who's never even either played a sport or just didn't play anything to with contact or anything like that. So I definitely feel like it's important for us to transition um, to coaching, um, even game day operations. That's what a lot of our um, slam alumni did. Like they help us out with game day. Cause as you know, that's also a volunteer and that's also super important. So behind the scenes, whether it's coaching or helping with, with fundraising, recruiting, uh, I think it's super important to give back to the game what the game has essentially given us. Now, in terms of recruiting, as you were talking about, uh, the stage of recruiting has gotten more intense in the last probably three years than it ever did. But I think it's really because it's a credit to the fact that social media allows you more um, opportunity for, you know, communication, right? In the old days, you had to do flyers or you had to go run around. Now it's really important because now there's different ways that you can communicate with an individual, get them details or get them forms or get them, you know, information. I really think that's more of a key now for recruiting. It's it's a, a lot easier in some ways, too, because you're able to communicate in more ways than one. Uh, I would agree. I actually learned from some of the Glory rookies that uh, they found uh, the Glory through TikTok. And I was like, TikTok, mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm showing my yep. age, but I was like, oh, I guess this is what, you know, I guess this is what they're doing. So I was telling, you know, uh, we have slam committees at home talking about fundraising and talking about recruitment, and we, you know, we were kind of old school with gyms and schools and things like that. So we, we created a TikTok, and I think it's important, like you said, to reach out on social media and, 
and so people can see uh, in the hashtags, all of the, I mean, things that you do for us and for our leagues, um, that helps as well because it's always like social media spreading spreading the word and just getting getting it out there. I think it's just the key to have everybody on the team at some point has a passion for something and they're able to, be, uh, the team is able to benefit from their passion, you know, whether it be somebody that's really skilled at doing TikToks and now they're able to, you know, maybe maneuver the, the franchise or the brand to that level. And you've got to be almost mm-hmm. on every platform in some senses to penetrate some sort of awareness and to bring attention to uh, either your team or your league. But uh, it's key to have some visibility, if not all visibility, especially on social media in terms of marketing. Yep, I agree. Uh, because actually I think a lot of times we find people who want to um, not necessarily give their money but support, it, you know, in a monetary value versus, you know, I can't play, I'm retired, and, Maybe I played when I was younger, but I want to show support some way or somehow. Um, and that's like where the Venmos and the cash apps and, you know, like there's so mm-hmm. many things through social media that we have learned to use. And, you know, our, our coach at home, he's, he does the admin part of it too. And it's kind of old school. So we had to like, kind of like tell him like, this is it. You should, and we showed him and then he's like, oh, wow, it is, you know. So he also puts a lot of faith in us. Um, you know, because he's, he's the film guru, the coach guru. But when it comes to all of the other things, he relies um, on us to kind of do our part. And I think while we're still in the building of, of women's football, because that's what we are, we're not, we're not 100% where we want to be yet. So I think it's important that we all do our part that way too, player or not, you know. All right, Taylor, uh, your life's changed. Uh, you know, you got the little one probably mandating your life now. Uh, it's obviously a totally different aspect than when you were single and able to do what you wanted to do. But now you have, you know, responsibilities and family and a lot of players can relate to that because obviously there's intangibles behind it. So that's why a lot of perspective is in terms of like what the players decide, whether they come back in the off season or not. Right. That makes a big, it's a big decision because then you got the opportunity to come back, but maybe family is more important, right? Cause your kids are growing and you got more focus on family and things like that. And the sport probably takes a, a second to that. So uh, I think that's where we're at with a lot of tenure players up to 10 years. Everybody's transitioning to a different mindset in terms of lifespan. And it's not like they're giving up on the game. It's just the priorities have changed. Do you agree? I would agree. Uh, For me, uh, when I say maybe next year it will be the last one, my teammates laugh at me. So I just kind of keep going with it. And my rule is, uh, you know, as long as my body can do it, then I'm mentally I'm here for it. Uh, and Gianna is at the age, she's three, three and a half, and she goes to practice with me. She loves it. Um, a few of my other teammates have daughters about the same age. So it's almost twofold. Now I feel like I have to let her see. Now she understands it. Uh, not mm-hmm. necessarily she wants to play it and she doesn't have to, but just seeing that mommy balances all of that um, is really important to me. So uh, football is also kind of my happy place. Uh, so I think it's also important as a mom um, to have to have that because <laughs> I think a lot of times we think that we have to give up everything to be a mom, and, and I don't always believe in that. Uh, my mom did that for me, and that's one thing I told myself, like, I want to have balance because she gave up everything for us. And so, you know, I give a lot for Gianna, but also, like, I have to have peace of mind. So football is that for me. So, and like you said, a different capacity eventually, but for now we're just going to ride the wave. And so I guess the wave is not riding anymore. Well, it's a good thing for you because you get a different perspective, but at the same time, like you said, the love for the game is still there for you. So until that, you know, obviously sways a little bit, 
uh, I guess you're you're still going to make that commitment, right? The rides and everything else that's happening. Um, Taylor, the 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 sport in terms of uh, visibility now in a different level, you know, from where I started to where we're at now, uh, I really think this is leaps and bounds. But overall, we're still not there. I think we're like at that AFL uh, NFL merger stage, where at some point, hopefully, we'll get you know both leagues to merge, just like the NFL was converted into. But until then. Uh, we got to be really happy at the fact that 2020, even with the pandemic that happened and everything that happened, uh, we still were able to put a season together, uh, you know, be it shorter than it was normally. But I think that was probably the best thing that could have happened in terms of marketing for the sport. Not to say the pandemic was a, a blessing, but at the same time, I think it was to some people that I talked to, it gave everybody a little bit more downtime, a lot more focus, and an opportunity to, to connect and then maybe gain more sponsors for the sport in general. And I think that was a benefit. Uh, yeah, I, I would agree. I think on the player side, it was a little difficult. Uh, and um, I guess maybe I'm biased speaking from a St. Louis standpoint, but um, I think that we didn't have anywhere to train. We didn't have anywhere to continuously work out. And a lot of us were kind of stuck at home and maybe not as diligent. Uh, and I think that was kind of a big reason, aside from locations to practice, for uh, us to sit out this past year uh, is that our coach didn't want us to come to a game and nine people get injured in a game. And, you know, there's just a lot of injuries I saw over this year. Uh, and maybe injuries, we don't know if they happen because people weren't working out, but it makes me wonder because uh, there's a lot of teams I don't think could even access outside until closer to game time. And I know we push the seasons yep. back. Um, but I do, I mean, this year off, these two years off for slam, you know, we've been trying to actively recruit and, you know, there's decent numbers and things like that. But when it comes to like the physical aspect for each player, I think unless each of us have been diligent with it, um, it, you know, it's kind of been a downfall for probably some teams as well. I agree. I think it, it was uh, 2020 really made a focus on some players uh, really diving into what they do as a craft or other players, to mm-hmm. your point, just didn't really discipline themselves. And that could have been a key to where some of the injuries, because if you're not focused on your mental state or your uh, physical state, yeah, that could have been somewhere where some, some teams did have that bug early on. And some teams didn't even finish the season because they, you know, we didn't have much forfeits, but at the same time we did have some forfeits. Yep. Yep. All right. Um, well, let's talk St. Louis. 2022 then since uh you had a good season with the glory uh in the wnfc so so at this point are you are you guys just into tryout mode because i saw your social media so it's basically uh tryout mode between now and what december mid-december yep we have tryout mode um plan to have one every month we did have one in august decent numbers and um we've been having weekly workouts since the spring so twice a week we get together two hours uh mainly agility uh, and then some yoga style workouts to just get our flexibility. Like I said, that's like the most important part. Uh, And then uh, kind of getting a move on, like learning routes, plays, things like that, because uh, like you said, the the game is advancing as well. So, I mean, day one is January, but, you know, we don't have much time to the first game. So learning things like that has to move at a faster pace. So we've been kind of incorporating some of that in the workouts, but uh, we've had a decent number of rookies kind of, real rookies, like true rookies to this year, showing up weekly, and it kind of makes me happy. And as you know, it's it's usually in the trenches, so the big dogs that 
you know, most teams struggle with. So that is our focus. I mean, skill players is really never been a problem for us. It's always, always the big dogs. And so that, that has been our focus so far. That's good to hear because uh, the beef up front, to your point, every team has that problem because if you got to find somebody that's uh, rigid for that and long lasting. And so Mm -hmm. if you can find that, then you're way better team ahead of the, ahead of the game in terms of the competition. Um, Your history, uh, you know, your team history is very relevant to the WFA as a staple, you know, in terms of history. Uh, I mean, you guys are literally the first champions. So when you, you know, when we hear, hey, St. Louis isn't going to feel the team or whatever, it's it's for us, media and everybody else, it was kind of a downer, you know what I mean? Because we know what you guys are capable and all about year in, year out, and you've always been at that higher level of of excellence. So it's, uh, it's really nice to see you guys, you know, the, the coming back on in 2022 and everybody knows pretty much what you're all about and what time you guys put in. So as for the brand, in other words, for the WFA, it's, it's really good to have St. Louis back. Yeah, we were in 2020. We finally, well, for me, um, got the schedule. Like I had always wanted, uh, you know, we are going to be finally be D1 numbers were probably the same as previous years, but you know, I got to take that leap and, you know, if injuries happen, you make it work. Uh, so, you know, we'd get to see Boston and Pittsburgh at home. So that's, you know, everything you'd want. And then obviously COVID and then obviously COVID again for us. So, uh, that was disappointing because, you know, it's always nice to play teams you haven't played before. Uh, so, you know, Boston has never really seen us and neither is Pittsburgh. I mean, besides on film, things like that. Um, and I think we have some respect from different teams, but I think not everyone um, because of the fact that we stayed D2 for a couple of years, which we've talked about in the past. So um, I think that showing that we could compete at that level um, would have been nice, you know. So I don't know who's retiring from where. I don't know if Pittsburgh's going to try to field a team. But, um, you know, hopefully we'll be able to see teams this upcoming year that we haven't seen before in the past. So that would be nice. Well, Taylor, I can tell you right now, Minnesota didn't miss you because they <laughs> they jumped up really yeah, good. Yeah, and I know. <laughs> they made a great season. So. Uh, not to knock on the Vixen or anything. Uh, they're very talented, but you usually get to they, – they were basically an arch rival for the most part. Yep. Uh, yep. You know, twice a year. So uh, their their road to uh, to the uh, D1 title was uh, somewhat a little easier, I would say, uh, minus St. Louis. So it might get a little tougher next coming season when you guys are back in the fold. Uh, but overall, it's, it was a good season for D1, too, because there was a lot of teams that stepped up. Arlington stepped up. Um, you know, Cali War is always – um, so it was really nice to mm-hmm. see that. Uh, so hopefully the, uh, the the WFA will field at least, you know, for us, it would be like let's put in a good six to eight D1 teams because then it, it, it would really make it very competitive. I know travel expenses is going to be the issue again, like normal because of the white span. But if it can, mm-hmm. if it can happen. Especially, not... especially for St. Louis because, you know, we lost Kansas City. Um, so yeah. that changes a lot for us. So, yeah. Yeah, and it's going to be kind of neat to have uh, yourself, Minnesota, um, Arlington, uh, Cali War, uh, all that in in terms of the scope. We have no idea if Nevada is going to come on board and upgrade to D1. Uh, I was told by the coaching staff there and the ownership that they're still speculating to do that. And what a story, uh, Taylor, for Nevada. 
to go win D2 and then jump in, I mean, D3 and then jump into D2. I think that was the the whole story of the WFA, and it was a really good story for Nevada. I would agree. Um, Over the years, I've played against, uh, we played against a few Nevada teams, and um, the core and the heart, the passion, it's all there. Number-wise, a few times we played them, they struggle with the numbers, but they also traveled across the country to play us, you know. So always had respect, always a good game. So I was happy to see to see that for them. And like you said, it's always good to go from D3 to do, you know, go up a division and still still make your mark. So St. Louis, uh, you said good numbers so far at this point, or promising numbers. So we won't go, we won't get the final tally until what the middle of January or late February in terms of a a, a real roster, yeah. you know. Right. Probably well. So we usually start uh, second week of January. So um, and as you know, or if you don't know, how it usually works is you know we do a lot of agility, speed stuff, all of that, and then mid February we hit, and then once you hit, you lose a solid five to ten. You know, so uh, I mean that's just the reality of the game. So if we have a co- a solid, I mean we had about twenty to twenty five at, at tryouts, and and majority were new. Uh, so we can get some of the vets off the behinds and get them moving. And then, you know, with the combination of the rookies, I think, I think it'll be good. All right. So you are now the pro team in uh, St. Louis once again, because I don't think the arena team's there anymore (laughs) and uh, the Rams are gone. So you guys are it. So I guess this is a great opportunity for the organization to kind of like blast out on social media that you are basically the pro team in the city. It's just, really cool, I guess. It is. And we, we know we are trying to also still like partnership with like the St. Louis surge, which is the women's professional basketball team. Um, and we have good relationship with them. And so, um, you know, we're getting a soccer team and we're trying, I mean, it's a men's soccer team, but you know, it's still something big for St. Louis. So we're trying to get um, on board with partnerships and doing things, especially for our city um, hosting like a girl's like flag camp, just trying to just do also our part, you know, um, with our with our city, aside from just playing football, I think it's cool because you had Kerry Walters and uh, Dion Lee. They're working with the Raiders. They're working with the Aces of the WNBA. Uh, they're going out to their games in a little group setting. So I really think it's just you have to do that. You have to, you know, bring mm-hmm. visibility to your team or your sport in order for fans, you know, from other leagues to re- to realize that you're in town. Oh, I agree, and it, it amazes me how many people are like, oh, I didn't even know you existed, and I'm like, oh, I don't, I really don't know how, like, just been playing for so long, all the interviews on TV, on radios, these, you know, these the podcasts, it, it's just, but it's just, there's always one person you still haven't reached, so I don't think you can ever do too much, you know, so, and we have a few of our players that have been kind of helping manage uh, the social media accounts, because um, we have more time, you know, our coach, and admin is a father of three, very demanding job, and he also coaches high school football. So uh, it's the least we can do, and it's fun. You know, we try to do, like, team challenges, and uh, it also is team bonding for us, but in, it also allows the world to kind of see us as a team outside of football. Yeah, it's, and I think it's needed to do it. Um, anticipation for the new season, uh, the WFA is going international with a, a couple partnerships. Uh, from what I was told by them, that they're going to be uh, kind of like supported teams out there for Central America as well as in Europe. So um, I think that's a great thing for them in, in terms of uh, growing the sport and then growing the brand, especially now that the WFA is going to be in Canton. Um, Taylor, 
Uh, are you anticipating to be in Canton in 2022? Uh, I mean, yes. I, I'm, that's always the end goal. We plan our fundraise, or you know, our our money owed per player for for playoffs and championship, and um, that's really the only reason um, we continue to play. Like that's the end goal. So yeah, if I'm playing, if if we're playing and I'm playing, that's that's the end goal. What do you think of that announcement when it came out? Were you like when you when they announced okay five years at the Hall of Fame stadium, and it's going to be five years, you know, commitment. This is not like we're not going to play just all over the country like we've done before. Now it's like okay, we know where to you know set the plane ticket. We know how the the, the I mean it's like fixed fixed money now for like okay, St. Louis to Canton. This is what it costs right for every player to get there right. or whatever. Right. I uh, I definitely think so. I think selfishly every year I'm like hoping it's somewhere tropical, you know, by an ocean, but uh, but knowing mm-hmm. we don't do anything but football when we go anyway. But no, I think that's awesome. And I also think that it's great. A lot of these NFL teams um, and owners and players, they're buying into it because, you know, if I know, with lack of better words, it's the trendy thing to do, right? To get on the futurist female train. So mm-hmm. take advantage of it. You know, if they want, like Robert Kraft wants to fly Boston, sure. You know, if they want to do these things, yeah, take advantage because, I mean, it's we're deserving of it, you know. Um, and so if in any way we can we can get resources that, that are available to us because of the fact that it's kind of like, you know, a social media presence for these NFL teams too. They want to – the NFL wants – us to all know and believe that they support women. So, of course, they can throw money different ways that we're going to take it. I think it's key, right, to, to be at the stadium. Um, I We mentioned it during the summer how if you're the first you're the first six teams that arrived in Canton, there was big pressure to put up a great show, and I think they did a really good job. Boston, uh, Minnesota, really good job. You had, um, you know, the Der- Derby City against Arizona, they all had the Dark Angels once again, against Nevada, Nevada probably being the biggest story out of the whole season. You know, the, the fact that they could the first team to win, uh, you know, D, be D3 champion, D2 champion in this era. So I, I really think the storylines were there. Boston, obviously dominant. Um, so I think fans really, you know, when you looked at it in a, in a whole scope, fans took away a really nice uh, view of the WFA and its potential. Oh, I would definitely agree. And, you know, I think uh, for me, I think as long as, you know, when you go there and you just do what you we've been doing for years, um, we don't have to do anything extra special because that's what, you know, we already compete. We already put in the work. Um, and I think what most people should take away from it is that we're all doing this for free um, and not even for free. We're donating our own money and our own time. Uh, but essentially we're the only thing we get in return is possibly a championship, which for me is enough, but, you know, just for people who, you know, actually play sports and and get paid for it, I think they maybe forget, you know, why they're there. And it's, it's a job, it's a business. And for us, it's, it's, it's a, it's our happy place, you know, and we all do it for the love of the game and we all spend all of our time away from our families and our friends and work and things like that. Um, to make it work for for each other i i think the benefit out of the whole deal is that if everybody uh, i talked to this year uh if every uh wfa player commits to show up in canton on championship uh, weekend you know the week of the championship 
uh, you're going to pack the house. And I really think that if everybody commits to showing up there with family, friends, and everybody else and packs Tom Benson Stadium yearly, uh, then the, the actual Hall of Fame, you know, personnel and the administrators are going to see a way big benefit, you know, for the event. And then at that point, maybe the big gorilla will start to fund. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, no, I agree. Um, and, and the more attention that's brought to it, I mean, it's already big enough that, um, you know, that Boston was flown there by Mr. Kraft, and then um, obviously they put on a show, and then um, Cahill into the Hall of Fame. Like, all of those things are so wonderful and all so deserving. And so I'm glad that there's a lot of media attention. And, um, you know, it could be my entire Facebook is all women's football, but I see it a lot, and it makes me happy that we share things um, because we – Ultimately, like we're, you know, on the field, we are um, opponents, but off the field, like we, we are one big team trying to make, um, you know, the mark on women's football and trying to make this a different game for those, you know, five, ten years down the road like it is for me. Yeah, a lot of talent on uh, all six teams in the final, and that, I think that was the best thing that we could take away from it is that it's very competitive games. Um, every team played their heart out. Uh, it was pretty close games, quarter to quarter, and that, I think that's what we wanted to see. And ultimately, the best the best three teams did win uh, at the end. They did put out um, the big story mm-hmm. as well as like Derby City. I mean, what do you say about you know Derby City just being uh, a staple in D three for so long, uh, so deserving there for them to win it as well. And so um, it was pretty good field stories from all three uh, franchises that won. And I think that's going to be momentum for this coming 2022. I would agree. And I, um, we've been playing against Derby City for years. And it's always, uh, no matter if they have, you know, 11 people on the field or, you know, or I mean 11 people on the roster or 22, 50, it, they're just always give the same amount of effort. Um, the passion is there. And then they, uh, they, it's always a good game. And so I was really happy for them because, you know, Thelma has been playing for a really long time and she's, kind of the staple for her team and uh i'm glad she finally got the ring because it feels good after you work so hard and so it also feels good when rookies come in one you know the first year and get a ring so it's like okay i did all this work and i did get rewarded you know so uh i think that really helps with recruiting um i think it helped us a few times um but you know we always end up uh with a year off somehow some way um covid obviously didn't help so but I do think that helps, and I think when we tell people, oh, we have, you know, four national championships with our organization, they're like, oh, okay, and then let me Google this, let me, let me watch this. And, you know, there are even a few coaches from Kansas City that it was their first year coaching women. Um, and so when we said we were from St. Louis, they were like, oh, okay. And then they looked up some clips. They're like, oh, okay, like this is real. And we're like, well, yeah, yeah, it's real. You know, so now they're probably going to coach women's football for another, you know, 10, 15 years. So even adding coaches to to the fan pool is is always great. Yeah, and, and when you're competing against Texas, <laughs> like there's a surplus of coaches in Texas. I don't know how that goes, but it's like competing <laughs> against the Texas teams out there is just it's it's just bad, as they say, you know, because you're outnumbered in some ways. But when you beat the Texas teams, I guess it's a lot more rewarding, considering you didn't have that many resources to begin with. So. I guess that's a, a blessing in itself, I guess, to beat Texas teams. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know that going in. I mean, my first time, um, play, we played the Dallas Diamonds in St. Louis uh, some years ago, and um, OJ was still playing then, and 
I remember, I don't think she was going to play. I think she was going to rest for the next game. And then I think we, we only had about 17 people healthy. And I think we kind of put up a fight and then that's when she strapped up her boots and went in and scored, you know, three touchdowns in a row on us. But no matter what, it's always, you know, it's always tooth and nail with Texas. Like you're always going to get the best. Um, So um, and discipline. It's just, and that's what I explained to a lot of the rookies. Like it's never, you know, the person in front of you, I mean, can be faster, stronger, but it's always about the team that makes the least amount of mistakes. So, you know, they, they rarely make mistakes. So I think that, you know, if, if, if when they do, you can capitalize, like you have a, you have a chance. And you know, uh, the elites, uh, pretty much a travel team and a lot of, a lot of folks gripe about it, but that is the way of the, of the sport. If we want to be like the NFL, uh, you know, at some point recruitment does come from outside the state and there, there's no rule that says you can't, right? So you can bring in two or three people across the state and as long as it benefits your roster, then you're, you're a lot more competitive than you were before. Yeah. And I think honestly, um, personally, I don't care. Um, because whatever 11 I line up with, I'm always going to believe I'm, we're better than you. Cause that's, that's how, that's what you do when you step on the field. So I don't care who you bring in from California. I'm not afraid, um, of who you brought from New York, you know, so those things don't really bother me. Um, not something we've ever done in St. Louis, but we can't afford to, you know what I mean? We can barely afford to get our own players <laughs> to game. So, I mean, if you can pull it off, go for it, you know? So, um, a few of our players from, St. Louis found their way down to Texas. Um, Jelani found her way down a couple years ago, but uh, one of our linemen found her way down this year during the off season. She loved it, you know, and she wasn't, she wasn't flown there. She actually ended up moving there, but you know, I think that um, they're building a dynasty and uh, I don't, it doesn't bother me to be honest with you, but I know a lot of teams it bothers, but I also think that, um, when a player leaves whatever area they're in to fly to another area, it's because they're not happy where they are. So, I mean, that's my take on it. So if they're unhappy, do you really just want them to stay in their city and not play? You know, like why, why would you not want, they're good. Why would you not? I'd love to compete against the best. And I mean, it's, that was, that was my favorite game all year. Well, we played them what three times. So that all three games, my favorite games all year. Like I, you know, I don't like losing, but I want to play, the best and that's what you know that's what you get and i i really uh, i think when it boils down to it that's exactly what we're at that's exactly the mindset to your point that would has to be in order for in order for us to elevate the visibility of the sport and to get fans to be aware that uh women play at an elite level no different than college football no different than the nfl i really think that is the message right you got to compete and yep. we have we have to show a product that is worthy of viewing, and ultimately that product's going to show up and say uh, the, the average fan's going to say, "Oh wow, this is this is a legit sport." Just like you know, when you have uh, the AAFs that come and go, or the other you know pro, men's pro leagues that come and go, and there's no funding there for the women. But if we ever get to that stage where the funding is available, I think we're going to get to that same attitude where people are going to see uh, the leagues in a different light in terms of the athleticism of the, uh, of the players and also just the fact that there's kind of competition on a weekly basis. Oh, yeah, I agree. And, you know, I was paying attention to scores um, the last couple, you know, three or four years. And, I mean, even, I mean, I can admit I don't want beat a team 88 to zero. That's not fun to me. Uh, usually you have some teams that pad stats, 
you know, get five or six touchdowns so that you can pad stats. Like it was more uh, for our rookies to kind of get kind of some exposure, um, mainly because the game's a little slower paced. But to me, that that it just makes the league a little watered down. So I, I would prefer that every game I'm playing, it, I could possibly lose. Like that's what I want, you know. And so um, that's how I've always been. When I first came into football, that's how it was. Uh, we every game was hard, you know. Chicago, <laughs> Dallas, um, even Oklahoma oh, yeah. had a, a team. Yeah. So those, I mean, I remember Chicago being the first time where I learned keep your head on a swivel, and two times in the same play. You know what I mean? So, and it was a special team. It wasn't even. I mean, it was one of those things where I would die to have those games back again. Cause um, it's been a while since, since we've seen that. I mean, you've, you've seen the scores of the championship games, not saying they weren't worth it, but um, like I, I've told my coaches, I didn't get the satisfaction I thought I would get, you know, um, you know, I like games when they're maybe a touchdown away or a field goal away, you know, from winning or losing. Now, if you have that same sentiment that you're, that you're saying right now, I think that's what the average fan wants. And if we give it to them, uh, I think it's, they're going to turn around and they're going to start to support or they're going to follow mm-hmm. or they're going to just get their butts in the seats, right, one or the other. Yep. Uh, I don't think we need uh, – in the past, Taylor, we were all stressing for the fact that, okay, we got to get butts in the seats, butts in the seats. But the, the world has changed in terms of, you know, fundraising, to your point, with all the other, you know, uh, methods to fundraise. So the world has totally changed in terms of, we don't really need the fans in the seats. I mean, we do in some ways, but then we don't because if we can get to a, a level of visibility in terms of uh, a stream mode, just like we're doing with, you know, like the WNC is doing with Vire Sports and, and mm-hmm. uh, Score 58, if you can get to that level, then eventually uh, the, the butts in the seats will trickle into the stadium. I think that's really where we're at now. The gauge has to be there where if somebody watches it and they really appreciate it, then they're going to say, okay, let's just go to a game. We're here now in town. Let's go see what, you know, let's go see them live, right? So at some point right. they're going to get the inclination to go see them live. Well, and also, also I think sometimes like the ticket price points, you know, if if the team is needing more more money because they're not getting fundraising from other places, like now the ticket pri- prices have to go up because now you have to make up for the people that don't come. Um, and so if we could just go back, I mean, when I first started, I think tickets were like eight to $10. Now we'd have to get to like 15 because, you know, field prices are increasing and you just so many things. And like you said, if you can just get, um, you know, the, the streaming up and then people want to come, you might be able to lower your ticket price. Like just things can change. And I would agree um, because, I think uh, my the majority of my family would be happy with just watching me stream, being streamed, you know, um, and especially with COVID, people who may be hesitant about going into a large crowd also might appreciate those things because um, obviously this is now permanent world we kind of live in. So I think uh, that that was the, the streaming live. They were just great. And they were clear and the announcers um, – I think, I mean, I not always agree with all their comments, but I think they, they having them were great. Um, and I, I think it is definitely a, a big step for us. I think on the announcing side, to your point, I agree. I, I just think they haven't dived into our sport thoroughly enough to do the research mm-hmm. for them to learn. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's a, it's a great thing when we have a Donna Wilkinson, you know, paired up with somebody that wants to do broadcasting for us or with us. I, I, we need to have like maybe another person that is relevant to the league or follows the league or is really thorough on the league, right? 
because then you yep. need a correction there. So I, I really think, you know, like the Brian Sweeney's do a really good job because they, they live and breathe the WFA. Uh, so we need to pair up, you know, uh, somebody with a, a person that really wants to do the, the broadcast, but also it's sort of an education type mentality, I think, in terms of the broadcasting scene, because a lot of times those people really have no clue and they just jump in, they're doing the broadcast and they got no clue about the rosters. They have no clue about the history of a player. They have no clue about, you know, the legacy of the league or, you know, the history of the league. Um, so, you know, we have to basically educate them. If, they, if they're coming on board, they got to get some feedback in terms of, you know, how to present the product and how to uh, present the, the athletes and what, you know, what key elements of an athlete, you know, their, their accolades, their, the uh, teams that they played on, the history. Uh, so we still lack a lot of that in terms of broadcast. Well, yeah, and a lot of times our accolades and our history, um, it's not um, all over ESPN where you can just Google and find out, you know, how many touchdowns someone had in a year. But I also think it, it might be beneficial, like you said, to find someone that's relevant to the game and maybe even relevant to the team. So if it's a game being streamed live um, for – uh, two cities, maybe someone that represents the alumni-wise can can broadcast. Or mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there's a lot that goes into that, and people have to volunteer for it. But I think volunteering to, to broadcast one game might be kind of cool. Um, and it also, you know, keeps everyone engaged, um, you know, in, in the alumni world. So I think that's important, too, because uh, I think a lot of times they've kind of filtered their way out if they haven't kept coaching, you know. So it, it kind of includes them, too, to keep them a part of it. And a lot of them are – you know, back in the day when they didn't keep stats or they kept them, but no one really knows they're in the, like, you know, a, a vault somewhere, um, you know, it, they didn't always get the recognition that, you know, we're getting in this, in this generation with women's football. So I think it's important to always value them and, and make sure they stay a part of the game as well. I will, I will leave you with the fact that I have been doing this for what, 10 years, almost 11, 12 years, whatever. And, I get a lot of messages on our Facebook page and I get a lot of messages on our socials pages and they always come back with, I never knew this existed. Can you believe that? Never knew this existed. <laughs> and so now yep. it's like, you know, it's, it's really nice and refreshing to send them to, you know, the WNFC website or send them to the WFA website as an example. And then they come back and go, wow. And I have a team in my location. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead yep. and, and check it out. Right. So it's, it's as simple as that to bring in some fans, uh, especially now in this world of, you know, I would say easy communication because it's just a matter of a point click and link. And and then people get the information right there really handy. Where in the old days, a slail, a slail mail, you know, you got to mail it out, put a stamp on it and, uh, and all that other stuff. I think we're yep. just done with that. Now, now it's so well, it much easier. Then, too. Exactly. And if yeah. I had a, a fan uh, this past year when we were doing COVID, right? Cause in Europe, they have a thing in Europe, uh, I think it was Germany, they send me a link in Germany and they're like, hey, uh, our teams out here are having, uh, I guess, COVID restrictions, right, for the German season or whatever. And they said uh-huh. to us, uh, you, guys can, you guys can buy tickets uh, virtually and you have a virtual seat at the stadium, which I thought that was like, what, really cool, really? So, like, oh, yeah, you know, they had, what, 32,000 seats, of, uh, 32, seats available, right, but nobody could show up to the game except for, like, I think 12,000 or whatever, right? And so they sold uh, the remaining virtual seats, 100% capacity, but only 12,000 people in the stands. So I thought that was like, oh, that was way cool. Yeah, that is, and that's and that's what I'm saying. It's kind of our new reality. I mean, 
a lot of places like, I mean, here in St. Louis, we are, I mean, it's, our numbers are rising again. So there's a lot of restrictions places. So I think that it's our new reality. So we have to learn to live with it. We just have to be creative. Uh, and I think streaming live is, I mean, we have pe- people are still working from home. So, I mean, they have time. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's really important to, to get, um, and that's why Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and all of these, like the podcasts that you do, you do and other people do, it's so important. And it, it's appreciate, and we appreciate it because, um, I mean, it's obviously free publicity for, for the, you know, women's football, but also um, for our hometown team. So we really appreciate it. So, uh, Slam, I need you to roll with virtual virtual game day ticket. There you go. That's what you okay. need to call it. Virtual game day ticket. Uh, you I'm know, send it, it on Vimeo, it. send it on PayPal, send it on uh, Cash App, right? Buy your virtual yep. game ticket right there. Uh, and you get the link to the broadcast. That's it. You pay your, your ten uh, whatever it is ten dollars, and then and you're gonna get your links to the broadcast. That's like well, that's pretty cool incentive, I guess in a way. Um, you're not yeah, gonna get free beer, or you're not gonna get a coke or anything, but you know <laughs> you're gonna get the the benefit of that. Still a good idea. I think that was very creative. You know, considering uh, we were in COVID state, and like to your point, if somebody really is leery about not going out to uh, social gatherings at this point uh, because of whatever you know choices they make. Uh, that's still an opportunity for them to – you're not asking for a lot. I mean, you you still – think of it this way. If your ticket is what? You said $15? Even if yep. you say, hey, a virtual ticket is $5, you can still raise a lot of money on $5 virtual tickets. It's just – it's yep. pretty easy. And there are also a lot of people that um, maybe can't make the game but will, you know, just go ahead and chip in and buy a ticket just because, right. you know. So – and then and mass that's, production, that's is easy. if you just, if you just do like, okay, uh, every, everywhere I go, like baseball, for example, everybody gives you some sort of lapel or pen. I mean, it's pretty inexpensive, right. To get something right. uh, to give back. So if you buy a $5 ticket, maybe you get some sort of like St. Louis lamb pen, right. Or something. So it's not that hard yep. to do. You can order it off it's the really- shop or something. It's a matter of, you know, giving a free, a free item for a, a, a five dollar, you know, in game or ten dollar in game ticket. So uh, hopefully, uh, these ideas that we talked about today, a lot of the thirty two something teams or sixty teams in the states take advantage of that and maybe start to go that route in terms of marketing. And maybe these ideas will come to fruition. And then at that point, you know, uh, revenue starts to increase for each franchise. And then we get to another level where players pay less at this point, and then ultimately, hopefully, players get paid. That's our goal, hopefully. And five years from now, maybe uh, the gorilla will start supporting us at year three or, or you know, at that point, and we're going to get more more sponsorships and the opportunity to get the first players paid. Uh, that would be another moment for us. It would be. And, and I really hope, I mean, obviously, to be around and see it. I mean, maybe not in a player capacity, but coaching or obviously still supporting, I would love to see that. I mean, even if my daughter doesn't play or doesn't want to play, at least she'll be able to witness it. I think that's uh, the beauty and the uh, – it could, could turn out that way. Uh, all right, Taylor, appreciate your time. I know you're busy with mom deals and duties and all that and obviously the off-season work and then getting ready for the 2022 season. But I wanted to bring you back uh, today because uh, a lot of the fans uh, messaged us about St. Louis and the return of the slam and – you know, where the state of the slam is. So who better to talk to but you? 
Oh, well, that's awesome. I'm glad. Yep, we're coming back. Well, you know, everybody loves Slam Ball, so I don't know if you guys knew about it in your organization, but, uh, you know, in terms of his- history and the books and the WFA, you guys are part of the WFA lore. So, yeah, uh, St. Louis back is a big deal. Thank you. All right. So uh, I, I don't know if I asked you already all the questions, unless you got something for me. I think that's pretty much it for us. Uh, but, you know, you got, you're welcome to come back uh, maybe for January if you can. So give us an update oh, yeah. in terms of what an the update. slam's going to yep. look like for 2022 and maybe put a scare on the WFA. <laughs> that sounds good to me. Taylor, thank you very much right. for making the time. Thank Appreciate you. it. Uh, stay safe, COVID-free, and then uh, hopefully all your teammates the same. And uh, looking forward to uh, what the roster will look like for the St. Louis Slam 2022. And we're looking at maybe January or February so we get a clearer picture. Um, and for everybody else in the WFA, uh, they're back. Let's just say that right now. Thank you. Have a great night, Taylor. Thank you. You too. All right. Bye. All right, guys. Uh, Taylor Hay of the St. Louis Slam. Uh, they are just multi-time champions, first uh, WFA champion ever, and they have always fielded a really good teams every year, year in, year out. Uh, they've always been in the playoff hunt. They've always been in the championship uh, matchups. Um, they are a really good organization to follow. If you guys are in Missouri, St. Louis, the outskirts of eastern, uh, you know, Illinois, uh, if you're right there on the corners, um, that is the place to go and to try to support. Even if you're not there, uh, you go to their website, St. Louis Slam. You can Google St. Louis Slam football, and you can get uh, involved with them, support them. You can do it in various ways financially. You can do it in various ways virtually. Uh, there's a lot of ways that you can help out. So you can always message them on their social media sites, on their TikTok, uh, on their IG, on their Facebook. They're everywhere. So check it out. Um, St. Louis Slam, just go ahead and Google it. It's right there. Or you can go directly to Women's Football Alliance, um, WFAProFootball.com, and look it up there with the links and everything else. So thanks to Taylor Hay for coming in here. We're going to keep it going because we're going to be talking women's tackle football for the next half hour and who better to talk women's tackle football with than the backseat coach aka mark simone coming into the house here so let's uh bring him in here after the monkey knife fight promo is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site in america you get fun easy to play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players monkey knife fight daily fantasy sports for the rest of us sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to fifty dollars Mark Simone, what's going on? I am so stoked. Uh, just uh, well, first of all, let me just say that Taylor Hay is one of my favorite players of of all time, and uh, so excited to hear that the Slam is uh, the St. Louis Slam is coming back. I expected they would, but you know what? It's always good to hear that uh, from uh, one of the game's top players. Um, the Slam, of course, as you know, uh, a very important franchise to the WFA. Uh, you know, first champions of the WFA in 2009, um, uh, a Division II powerhouse over the last, um, you know, four or five years here, um, several D2 championships, and just geographically, um, it, it's important to have you know, a team in St. Louis, uh, cause 
you know, they can provide that competition to all the other teams in that area. They just, they, they, you know, can connect with so many teams in that region. So I am excited to say the least. And Mark, uh, you know, uh, when people say St. Louis slam, it, there's never been a downer, you know, like other, other people, we say other franchises and we're like, Oh, maybe they'll show up or they'll have a down. No, St. Louis always, when they return, they return uh, very, very good. In other words, they're always hungry mode. It's like they're angry when they return. <laughs> it's like they put an angry <laughs> season in the finals. Like I was just mentioning to Taylor, uh, uh, Mark, that uh, maybe Minnesota was just happy that they, didn't, they weren't even on the map this year because I think their road would have been a lot more difficult, do you think? Oh, oh yeah. I mean, I, you know, the St. Louis slam that, that I'm familiar with um, can compete with, um, you know, any team in the league. So, um, uh, so yeah, maybe, maybe they were upset really that they didn't get the chance to have that competition because the top, the best teams crave competition. And, you know, that's what, that's why the slam always seem like they're on a mission, right? When they come back a few times, they've had to take a year off. Uh, they transitioned from ownership one year and another year. They just, you know, couldn't do it. And we had COVID, but um, the slam is one of those teams, you know, that if they're, they're going to, put a good product on the field. They're going to have a competitive team. Um, uh, that's a reputation they've now created for themselves uh, because they worked hard, you know, to, to earn that reputation as, as a tough team. Uh, so, you know, they're not going to come out and, you know, not give you a high-quality uh, product. You, I, you know, we expect a lot from the slam, and uh, they'll deliver and I think uh, not, not, nothing taken away from Minnesota is just I think that that rivalry is needed in the WFA. So that's my point. Not taking away anything from the the excellent season Minnesota Vixen had this this season, but it would have been nice to see uh, St. Louis Minnesota right in the mix with Arlington, uh, with Boston. You know, all the the team the schedule that was set up for 2020, uh, including the Slam, would have been something to see because they were going to face Boston too. They were going to take on Minnesota. Uh, they ju- it was just going to be a, a really sweet schedule. So we get to see it in 2022 uh, when the schedule comes out. I'm pretty sure uh, hopefully we'll get to see St. Louis against Boston and St. Louis against Minnesota as, as usual. Uh, Minnesota and, and St. Louis always, always a, a, a game or a matchup to look forward to in that Midwest section. Oh, yeah. I mean, it'll be – it'll definitely um... – bring it up a notch in WSA, the, the level of competition that we're going to see uh, in the next season with uh, St. Louis in tow. So, Mark, uh, no surprise here. I, I don't think you were surprised and we were surprised. Uh, as I, I sent into our chat room, uh, Mark Simone, 2-0 and o for the fin, uh, Finland Championship Series. So you got it right. Uh, Turku escapes uh, Helsinki with that touchdown at the end that somehow got dropped. They get that touchdown. It could have been a different story for Turku, but it didn't happen. It got dropped there in the last couple seconds uh, of the game, and the win goes to the Trojans. Yeah, well, I mean, if we 
both predicted something correctly about this game is that it was going to be a hotly contested and it was going to be a close game. And that's what happened. And, um, you know, um, came right down to the wire. It, it came down to, uh, you know, fourth, a fourth down play for the Helsinki Wolverines. They had to get it into the end zone. They had a shot that, you know, um, the receiver was open. It was actually the quarterback, I think, who, who was open uh, on a kind of a kind of a, a trick play. And um, but the angle, it just wasn't right. It was a hard it was a hard catch. I think she got her her hands on it, but couldn't really hold on to it. If she did, um, you know, it would be a different story. But as it is, uh, the ball fell incomplete. The Trojans uh, took possession and just kneeled down on the ball. And now they're the new Maple League champions by a score of 17-14. That game, if you get, you guys can get to watch it on Row 2 Plus, full game access right there. You get to watch it uh, at the hub at Facebook.com. There's the link. Uh, Mark, that game, down to the wire, we talked about it last week. I was going with gold. Uh, my prediction almost came through because I said the veteran, the leadership and the veteran part of it. But Turku defense, give them, the, give them credit, holding Helsinki to 14 points. we got to also give uh, the um, Helsinki gold defense credit as well, holding down the Trojans only to 14 points. Coming in here, both teams, uh, the last three weeks, uh, the Wolverines' offense had started to, to really dial up. And then all season, the Turku offense was really good. So, you know, credit both defenses for keeping this game close. Right, I think it made it, uh, you know, a bit more exciting in that way. Uh, sometimes, you know, when there's when there's no defense, like scores get kind of lopsided and they don't really tell the full tale. But I, I think, you know, what you see in this score is is uh, pretty accurate um, from, you know, from what I watched in the game. And you're right, uh, the uh, the defenses did a, an an excellent job and. Um, I, 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 th- I think that, I mean, it, it really just came down, the, the, the outcome of the game really only came down to a couple little things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, both, both the defenses and the offenses were, were, were pretty good. Um, they were able to move the ball. Um, they got across the strike. But, but in the end, um, the Trojans were able to capitalize on a turnover. They got two uh, interceptions from, um, who was it? Hannah Ropenen, and one mm-hmm. of them set up a touchdown in that third quarter. And that was the only point scored off of a turnover. Um, the Wolverines themselves collected two fumbles, but they, they didn't convert on it, either of those. They almost did at the end. But uh, so in the end, points off turnovers, it was a Trojan seven and a Wolverine zero. And uh, so that made a big difference. Uh, and the other little thing was the Trojans kicked a field goal. They successfully kicked a field goal, um, whereas uh, the Wolverines attempted, I think, four field goals and, and uh, made none. So, um, you know, just little things like that can totally turn the balance of the game into a team's favor when everything else was, like, kind of even. If you if you look at it, the game stats um, – you know, pretty even as far as, like, yards gained and stuff. Uh, but just these two things uh, gave uh, their Trojans the edge. Um, 
And I just have to say uh, congratulations uh, to Leah Kazas, who scored two touchdowns. And it's been actually a quite a few years since I laid eyes on, on her on the, on the field. She looks as good as she ever looked when she was in the WFA. Uh, it was kind of stunning. So uh, congratulations to her. Congratulations to the Trojans. Uh, you know, what a, what a great uh, hard-earned victory. Oh, no, the deserving. Um, they snap the Wolverines' four uh, consecutive championship ride. This would have been the Helsinki Goals' uh, basically fifth uh, championship in the, uh, in the Maple League. And so it's nice to see the evolution of better competition. Uh, I think Turk has been working towards this for a couple seasons and uh, deserving. And Leah, always outstanding, even when she was with the crush, I mean the crash uh, over in Indy. Uh, always outstanding athlete, and she's gotten better and better every year since she's been in Finland. So, you know, credit to her, credit to her uh, defense, and the whole team in general. I mean, that right there uh, was kind of like a crushing blow. If that pass gets caught, Mark, uh, we could we could have seen gold fifth championship in a row. But, you know, to your point, uh, caught, uh, a key things did make Turku succeed, and in the end, that's all that matters. Uh, 17-14, they are – uh, Maple League champions. Yeah, what a great way to end it. Uh, you know, um, having a, a season that, um, you know, you weren't sure it was going to happen in the first place. Um, it, it's just great to have a championship game that lives up to the hype, you know. Uh, and it's great. We've been able to see that um, in the WFA and now here in the Maple League, too. Well, uh, Mark, we went from one good game, and I, I, my popcorn was done. I couldn't eat more more popcorn. And then we go into it, and I have a, a, a big fan in, um, into the YouTube channel uh, for Northern Lights to watch the full game, the Northern Lights taking on uh, the Tampere Saints. So the storyline, Mark, cannot be more depressing for Tampere at this point. Uh, they come in you know, completely losing the Maple League the year before. Very competitive. They've played really well. They just couldn't make it happen. And this year they come in, and once again they get edged by a less than a touchdown. So to Tampere, uh, they, have, they have played two good seasons, just not good enough to win the final. Yeah, that's rough. You know, there's no doubt about it. Um, but, you know, I, I think they – you know, they can be proud of the season that they had. You know, they only lost to one one team all season, you know, th- that being the Northern Lights. And in every game that they played against them, the uh, the margin of loss was less and less. So they definitely improved over the season. I'm sure they learned a lot of lessons. But, uh, you know, to your point, uh, it, yeah, it's, it's got to be tough to, uh, you know, play – uh, in championship games two years in a row and uh, walk away empty-handed. Uh, certainly, uh, it will fuel the fire for 2022. So that's that's what I'll be looking forward to and um, next year, Oscar. We'll see if you know Tampiri can can just get over the hump. I'm gonna tell you right now what a story for Olu, Mark. Uh, the quarterback Nia Torminen and uh, a lineman going. They're gonna. They're, they just finished their season. 
and they get they get recruited to Orable Black Knights for next weekend's clash against Karlstad Crusaders in Sweden. So she's going to be leading, as far as I as far as I'm told from my sources and and from the uh, official sites in terms of the Northern Lights, uh, she is going to be uh, on the roster for Orable Black Knights, and more than likely she will be under center. So what uh, for Orable? After beating Karlstad week one, this could be a benefit to them. If they beat Karlstad next, this coming weekend, this is going to be a huge pickup. Both of these players picked up from Northern Lights. That's right. Uh, this, this game next week uh, between the Karlstad Crusaders and the Orbital Black Knights, is, it's a statement game in, in, this, uh, in the Super Series. Um, as you said before, Orbro took an earlier matchup against Karlstad. Um, so, you know, we have to know now. And, and these are these are the two top teams uh, in the Super Series. Uh, in this game, you know, we, we're going to need to find out if, if Karlstad's going to be able to compete with or just let the Black Knights run away with it. Um, certainly, you know, adding these two, uh, these two players from the Northern Lights um, – is is a pretty big deal. It could be a very could be a game changer for the Black Knights. I don't know what their injury situation is. I don't know if they had needs um, in their depth chart, um, uh, but uh, you know, cer- it's nice to have that insurance to have these two experienced players who just won a championship, by the way, um, added to the roster. Um, so so we'll find out what's what. Uh, things are starting to shake out in the Super Series. Um, you know, John Coping is not – doesn't look like they're uh, going to be competitive um, uh, for the rest of the season. So it looks like it's coming down to the Crusaders and the Black Knights. And um, um, the uh, the finals less than a month away. So it's uh, this is going to be a very interesting game. Uh, this I think this will tell the story of the season. I agree with that. I think it's it's vital for Karlstad to really step up. Uh, if uh, Nia Tormanen, uh, you know, goes in, does her job like she did with Olu, uh, this could be a crushing situation uh, for the rest of the season if Orbro gets a little bit uh, more impressive. So uh, Orbro taking on Karlstad on, on September 11th, four of the Super Series. Uh, the other matchups that we had was Division One North, North Coping loses to Stockholm. Stockholm, uh, Mark, starting to get momentum here this year, and they look really good uh, with the run game. So uh, I expect them to, uh, this this next week, they get a bye, and then they come back week six against Vestira's Rotors. Vestira Rotors looking good, so that will be a nice uh, matchup to watch for on the 18th. Uh, Vestira's will take on North Coping Panthers. Uh, North Coping really needs uh, to rebound. They're not, they're not having such a great season so far, and uh, hopefully they can do it against Vesteras, but Vesteras looking really good so far. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, the Panthers are 0-3. That's a, that's, that's a tough place to be. Um, maybe they can bounce back and get off the, the Schneid, off the road ears. Um, but I, I, I think that, as you say, uh, the Stockholm Mean Machines are, look to be the team to beat. They're undefeated, you know, three and zero. So they're looking like uh, the top team in, in the the North region. Uh, Mark Agoderberg looking really good 
uh, putting up a lot of points offensively. Uh, I don't think Lingham's going to be a factor anywhere. So this is going to be a two-game race, no different than the Super Series. So it's going to be probably Goderberg take, and Copenhagen as as we go towards the season. But uh, Lingham, 62-6, to six, they get whacked. And then this coming up week, uh, week five, they're taking off Copenhagen, which is almost equal to a good squad like Marvel. So uh, I, I'm assuming Lindham has to put in a lot more work because these are probably the two teams in the South that are going to be neck and neck with each other. Yeah, that's right. I mean, Gothenburg has uh, played their, their full slate of four games and then they're two and two. Um, and Lindham at 0 and two, they're going to be facing Copenhagen uh, not once, but twice. Uh, so if, if they need to get back into it, they need to win. They're they're in a must-win situation now for the rest of the season. They got to win these two games against uh, Copenhagen if they're going to be competing. Uh, you know, have a chance to to be in the in the playoffs. All right, guys, you can go to the hub, facebook.com forward slash Grand Beauties. The best network on the planet exists at the hub with the best contributors and network every week, uh, daily updates if not weekly updates. You can get everything that happened in the NWFL in the U.K., uh, Tournament 2 from the Central West, and you can go right there, uh, Birmingham, Manchester, and Cheshire. Uh, you get the information right there. Thanks to uh, Furphy Photography for uh, the still photos right there. So check it out, NWFL action right there. Keep up to date in terms of what's happening in the U.K. Also, Maple League uh, coverage, wall-to-wall coverage, everything that happened in the Finland Championship finals right there at the hub. Thank you to everybody, FSC Media, Row 2 Plus, uh, YouTube links, uh, everything that happened there. What an awesome weekend, and you get to see it all right there at the hub. Take advantage of it, including the links to the full games for both matchups. So uh, relive the Finnish championships uh, weekend right there at the hub, facebook.com forward slash Crown Beauties. And, Mark, let's finish up Czech Republic here before we dive into uh, – the NFL with the salty one, Mackenzie Brooks. But um, in the Czech Republic, week one, we have the same yeah. scenario that happened in Sweden week one. Berno, Amazons fall to the Black, the black Cats 30 to 20. And I thought for sure it was, it was Amazon 30 to 20, and I had to be slapped in the cheek by, uh, by uh, uh, somebody in the Czech Republic that said, hey, you got that score wrong. And I'm like, really? Did I get that ah. score wrong? And I did. So it was. I thought it for sure it was bro, bro, uh, you know, Amazon was thirty to twenty, and it was not. It was Craig Black Cats thirty to twenty. What an impressive win for them, week one. Yeah, that's a that's a huge upset. Um, as you told me last week, um, you know, Berno are are the are four time champions of the Czech American uh, Football Association. So, so you know, they're the big cats out there, but. They faced the Black Cats and got taken down. So a really, really impressive win for the Prague Black Cats, knocking off the champs in the first week of the season. So that changed the complexion of, of the whole of the whole season. Now uh, you got you know Bruno winless, 0-1 to start the season. Who does thought? That hasn't happened in a long time. It hasn't happened like in four years. <laughs> so that's impressive for the Black Cats to come in here and. Uh, Edge, uh, the Berno Amazon. The other game, uh, Prague Harpies, the original, the uh, Warsaw Sirens, um, very impressive win there. 
So the Harpies get on on the board one and zero. Both teams in in Prague one and zero, which is really impressive. So uh, you catch the game from Brno and Prague, the thirty to twenty game, full game by Fox Agency right there at the hub. So you get the details right there. So exciting weekend in the Czech Republic. Uh, Mark, we're, we're looking forward to week two. Hopefully it'll be as exciting as week one, but uh, we will get you all the links plus any game uh, links for the full games right there at the hub so you can look forward to it as well. Um, Mark, the Toledo Troopers are going to get a documentary already finalized. Really great news to have the Toledo Troopers finally on the big screen to tell their story. Oh, yeah. You know, I've been waiting for a long time because I knew that there was a film in production um, and, you know, kind of we stopped hearing about it. I don't want to say it stalled out, but something happened. We stopped hearing about it on the social media. And, uh, you know, I was afraid that all that work would, would disappear somehow. So uh, it was very pleasantly surprised to see that um, that someone had taken over the production of that, of, of that film and they were able to use what they had to uh, create a documentary style film, uh, whereas the original was going to be more of, you know, like a, like a dramatic uh, um, piece. So I love documentaries and, you know, the troopers themselves are the best people to tell the story about the troopers. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to, to seeing this. I wish I could be in Toledo to uh, go see this premiere. It's, it's just too soon for me to get there. Um, uh, but hopefully we'll all have a chance to, uh, to view it somehow. What that looks like, I don't know. But, uh, you know, I would want to help in any way I can uh, to, to get that movie distributed so uh, fans around the world can, can hear their story. The documentary, we'll get the links and everything that, where you can act, get access to it. Uh, so hopefully they will have online access which almost every documentary has now, or you're able to, you know, buy it um, to, to view it. So we'll get the information from the Toledo Troopers as we get closer to the documentary. I'm pretty sure they'll set up links and, and how to get it, acquire it. So you can go right there to the hub, get the details for the Toledo Troopers documentary right there. Also, the other thing that happened was Jen Moore, really cool, uh, feel-good stories there. She's up and, up and walking now a lot better than when she was after the car accident. Uh, she's able to uh, mo- be mobile now. She's actually coaching at her uh, high school alma mater, where she was the star kicker there as well for the team and part of that, that uh, the uh, excitement that happened in her high school. So uh, Christian Moore uh, articles right there. You can get them right there and take a look and dive into her story and uh, the recovery process. She's uh, posted on IG. Uh, she's actually making improvement. So you know, shout out to her for making all that effort and still continuing to to get better and better and better and. Uh, it looks like she will, uh, God willing, will be walking again, which is awesome. Yeah, that that would be uh, that would be amaz- an amazing story, and and we know that she she has it in her heart. Um, so yes, sh- I repeat, shout out to her. Um, get to the hub. We have so many great stories there, you know. Uh, and if you're not there, you're you might be missing out. So uh, get to the hub. All right, Mark, uh, I don't know if we cover anything else. I think Germany will cover next week because it's going to be uh, this week is off, and we will get yep. uh, Ger- Germany next week. I think it's uh, Indigos, Rhinos, uh, Claresheim, uh, Klaresheim, Com- against uh, Allergy Comet, 
we're going to get the Wolfpack, the Shamrocks, the Miners, and the uh, SD, SDW Wolf, uh, Wolfengang, so uh, the Greyhounds. So we'll get the coverage updates and everything that's happening in Germany uh, next Tuesday, so don't miss it. Be here. So other than that, um, Mark, what a great weekend of women's championship football in Finland. That was awesome. Yeah, it was great. Um, uh, one of my favorite uh, times of the year. Just get two championships overseas, a little bit exotic, um, fun to watch. So uh, now that's wrapped up. We're looking forward to, um, you know, Sweden moving into uh, playoff mode pretty soon here. Um, and, yeah, uh, check's just underway, and we we still got a few more uh, leagues around, Austria, um, the Netherlands. We have the Netherlands, and then we yeah, have uh, still Germany. Team. Yep. So we still got still lots of football, football ahead. Yeah, we got plenty to talk about every Tuesday in terms of the women's game. So if you're in the States, Mark, uh, if you're part of the North American swing and you had no idea that women still are, still are playing women's tackle football, this is the place to be, right? Tuesdays. You get to see it, you get to watch, you get to hear it, you get to do everything. And if you go to the hub, you get it every week. Absolutely. It's uh, we're your source for women's football. What can I say? We're, we're pretty cool. That's all I've been told by uh, a lot of comments. And uh, thanks, Mark, for coming in. Really appreciate it, making your time every week for us and to share the amazing uh, moments and excitements of women's tackle football and internationally as well. So, uh, Really, really awesome weekend. Uh, congratulations to the Turku Trojans. Congratulations to the Olu uh, Northern Lights uh, for a great championship weekend in Finland. If you guys missed it, you go to the hub, right, Mark? The links are there. Watch the games one time. Replay, replay, replay. Yeah, absolutely. It's all there for you. Just, you just got to go to the hub on Facebook, and you, you'll find games. You'll find scores. You'll find photos. You'll find all kinds of stories. Um, about women's football. Um, it's a, you know, it's an honor and a pleasure to be on the show. Thank you very much, Oscar, and I look forward to talking to you next week. All right, Mark. Thank you again for bringing uh, all the insights, giving us all the details, and also uh, being a, re- a really good source for bringing attention to the sport every week. So I really appreciate you coming in and making your time for us. So uh, catch you next Tuesday as we live, dive into Germany. We're going to dive into the Swede- uh, Sweden uh, against Karlstad Orbro. And then we're looking forward to the first weekend in uh, the Netherlands, which should be pretty exciting. Indeed. Thanks, Oscar. You take, have a good night. Have a good night, Mark. All right, guys. So that was uh, Mark Simone, a.k.a. Backseat Coach. Uh, What an amazing weekend in Finland and uh, championship weekend right there, all that. Let's bring in the salty one here to kind of weigh in on that before we talk NFL at this point, too. So, uh, Mackenzie, welcome back. Oscar! What's up, Oscar? How you doing, bud? Doing great, man. I am just like, girl, championship weekend in Finland. If you missed it and you weren't at the hub, I guess uh, you want to say you're a moron? What I, are I you mean, doing? You already know You already know what I'm going to say, Oscar. You are, like, if you're not at the hub, I don't know what you're doing with your life, for real, for real. Like, this is, like the hub is where you get everything, like, literally everything, news, notes, sports, things about your co-hosts, you know, like, I just, you know, I just, I don't know what to tell people. People just don't listen to me no more. It's fine. 
All right, uh, uh, Mac. Uh, if if they if they weren't at the hub, they wouldn't have realized that you're a two sport badass athlete, and you're also played tackle football at a, at high level. So they 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 missed out on all that, I guess. They missed out on your uh, your nice matchups and everything. So go to the hub so you can keep up with Mac too on her endeavors as well. You know, I'm almost cool, Oscar. Like. Almost. Almost. Well, with God, you're viral <laughs> like, you know, now. Wouldn't be cool. I mean, you know, I'm trying to be modest, okay? You know, humble or something. <laughs> like, I am almost cool. Like, I flirt with the line of, like, subpar and cool, okay? It just depends on what day. We got to make a t-shirt. I'm almost cool. I'm going to send it to you. I think I'm going to make that hookup and just send it to you. <laughs> you can yes, post it. I would, I'm you, almost cool. I, yeah, if you, if you do that, I bet that thing would sell like hot cake. <laughs> uh, the the Mac the Mac truck almost cool. There you go. That that'll be a shirt. <laughs> almost cool. You're cool. I don't know what you're talking about. You're you're cooler than the Dallas Cowboys right now. It's before week one. Okay. Whoa, 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 <laughs> Oscar. Let's let's wheel it back a little bit, friend. Um, don't talk about my Cowboys. Okay, it's all about them boys. Don't talk about them. We got a tough matchup though coming in with. With TB12 and the the defending Super Bowl champion right now, man. It's going to be a good TB12, matchup. I'm excited. TB12, come on. But, I mean, he is the GOAT quarterback, so it's a little – no pressure for Dallas, okay? No, no pressure. No pressure at all for Dallas. <laughs> no, uh, it's going to be – it's going to be a good weekend. So, Nemi, let's start the weekend off. Uh, let's get Holly in the mix here. We'll get her take on it on Holly's Corner, and then we'll talk – the rest of the NFL, so watch out for a second here. Here are my top three matchups to watch for for week one of the NFL. Number one, Chargers at Washington. Can the Chargers make amends for last year where they had the talent, the terrible coaching, and luck? Will the new coaching staff prove their medal against a solid Washington defense? Or will we start off another year if it's magic for Washington? Number two, Browns at Chiefs. Is this a future playoff matchup? I'm sure the Browns are very anxious for for revenge on how that game in the playoffs ended last year. And number three, Dolphins and Patriots. This is a Tua versus Mac Jones show. If the Patriots want to take the division back, they have to start with this game. How much of the playbook does Belichick open, and how much pressure does Brian Flores bring defensively? All right, uh, Mac, you want to weigh on that, on one of the threes that she had? She's thinking Miami could take advantage of New England, but we have no idea what Mac Jones is all about in New England, so... There's opportunity for New England to surprise it once again. So here's what I'm going to say. I know all about some freaking McCorkle Mac Jones. Mac Jones is a guy, dude. Holy cow. However, he is a rookie. Okay, he is a year behind his former, you know, former teammate, Tua Tagovailoa, you know, to a T, Mr. Left-Handed 13 over there in uh, Miami for them Dolphins and Finns. So this is an interesting matchup to me, and I'm going to tell you why. Because, one, both are national champion college quarterbacks. Both of them went to the same school where they won the national championship, but they've never played against each other. So, And they both play the same position. So both of them know what the other one can do. And both of them know what the other one can and cannot, you know, struggles you know, strengths, strength, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. In other words, the SWOT analysis. We're going to use a SWOT analysis with football. To his strength, he's left-handed. He's mobile. He has great field vision. 
his weakness doesn't used to, he used to not make great decisions. He used to rush himself in the pocket. Opportunity would be, you know, he's real good at shredding the defense when he's fast, when he's hot off the ball, perfect snap, everything. He's he's very good at shredding the defenses through the middle, which is where his opportunity is going to lie. And the threat, like I said, he's a dual threat quarterback, so he's going to be able to, you know, be nimble, move move laterally, move vertically, left and right. And like I said, he's a lefty, so he puts a different backspin on the ball than Mac Jones does as a normal as a traditional right-handed quarterback. For Mac Jones, however, a little bit taller, a little bit thicker than a, a very very accurate. Has a has a dude has a freaking arm. Um, weakness: Matt Jones isn't quite as mobile as Tua, um, but you know we don't know what the Patriots and Bill Belichick and the offensive staff have been able to do with him through pro camp, through you know rookie camp, mini camp, OTAs, things of that nature. So we're gonna see if you know if Mac Jones has been able to work on those weaknesses that he's had coming out of Bama. Matt Jones's opportunity is 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 being a rookie, being a rookie for Mac Jones is his opportunity. So he's going to be able to, you know, use his young, his young athletic QB IQ, which is very high, by the way. Um, Mac Jones is going to be able to use that to his advantage, but his disadvantage is going to be because he's a rookie. They're going to look for him to, you know, be a little nervous and, you know, rush through his progressions, things of that nature. Um, the threat for Mac Jones and this game is the arm strength. The arm strength and the accuracy that Mac Jones acquires or attains, rather, is going is nasty. Like that's, it's a nasty. It's nasty. <laughs> I just I'm telling you personally. Like I watch. Unfortunately, I'm a closet Alabama fan. I watch Alabama. I'm not. I don't have no Alabama stuff. You'll never find no Bama gear in this damn house. However, I'm a football fan. I'm a player, so I watch lots of different teams, lots of different conferences. Mac Jones is a dude. Like I said, it's gonna be like it's gonna be like best friends going against each other. That'd be like me and Holly going against each other. You know, I agree with you. I think the 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 opportunity one of these two, and the fact that we have uh, they're basically the heads of their franchises now, right? It's just legit now. There's no other there other time. This is it. These guys represent uh, the uh, AFC East, and so. The New England would love to get back to the Brady days, right, if Mac Jones makes it happen. Miami would like to revitalize themselves and become relevant in this division. Now we have Buffalo that's very relevant in this division. So for the division, Mac, this is a good sign. Three young quarterbacks. We could see some shootouts. Really, really good matchups. Yeah, you know, for me, it's it's the fact that, you know, yeah, you've had – we've had, like, you know – other players from other teams go against each other. But very rarely do we ever get two quarterbacks that just came from the same school. But championship mm-hmm. caliber school under Nick Saban at, you know, over there in Tuscaloosa, Bryant-Denny Stadium, the University of Alabama Crimson Tide, okay? Very rarely do we get a matchup of, of this type of caliber with the two, two of the best quarterbacks coming out of that school, two of the best quarterbacks now in the league, even though Mac Jones is a rookie, like I said, the dude, the, Mike Jones is a dude. I don't give a, I don't give a crap what nobody says. It's a thing, and if anybody who's got a high football IQ knows it, like 
And the thing I keep hearing is, like, Mac Jones is, like, Tom Brady 2.0. To be honest, I think Mac Jones could be better than Tom Brady, but, you know, he's got 20 seasons to prove it. So, you know, we we got a long while before, you know, we can start making those inferences about Mac Jones. But like I said, it's it's going to be a hot matchup. Like, that's the one I'm going to be looking for is Mac Jones to, to a T going against each other. Same position, same, you know, one in the same quarterback coming out of that Nick Saban you know, high-tempo, high-powered high offense system they got over there. All right, let's kick off with Thursday. And we got your boys taking on the GOAT. And uh, the, this team has been really retooled. They retained a lot of players on the other side. So it really, it's going to be Dallas's uh, best game of the year right off week one here in order for them to take advantage of, of uh, the Buccaneers because defensively they're – they, they pretty much kept everybody offensively. We know what they're all about. So uh, Dallas, a lot of question marks on both sides of the ball. They did upgrade in certain sections. but So you anticipate, you're, you're a Cowboy fan, but as an analyst, uh, you just said it, it's going to be pretty tough for them to overcome, right? So here's, here's what I'm thinking. And I don't care. I'm going to get a lot of slack. I don't care. Y'all not going to tell me about my own damn opinion. Okay, look. The salty one is back in the building, and I'm telling you, Dallas finna win by three. I don't care what nobody say. You're not gonna tell me otherwise. Hey, what? I'm gonna tell you why. Mac, what are you yes, drinking? You no Oscar. way. Don't give me no. No stack. way. Come on. I said by three. three. I said three. Oh, I didn't say God. five. I didn't say ten. I said a field goal. Okay. You're doing. Fe- oh. All right. All right. Not, I'll, don't I'll, tell I'll me I'm doing finish. too much. Oscar. I'll let you finish. I'll let you finish. Yeah, you better let me finish, Oscar. Don't, don't, don't worry. You just worry about your Rams, young man, okay? You let me worry about my boys over here in Dallas town, okay? Look, point being, Oscar, the pure fact oh, that everybody boy. is going to expect – listen to me. Everybody's going to expect the Dallas Cowboys to fold because of what happened last season. But what people don't realize is you can't go off of last season, even with Tom Brady and the Buccaneers being the Super Bowl champions. We didn't have a traditional season last year, clearly. I mean, in general, because of COVID, you know, we didn't have an, an actual 17-game week, you know, a 17-week season, okay? 2021, we back in the hot seat. We all fired up, powered up. And there's this really cool guy on my defense, actually two guys, named Micah Parson over there from Penn State, Nittany Lions, and my guy, Chauncey Goldston from Iowa, who unfortunately is hurt. He's on IR right now. But when he get better, he's finna sign on the dotted line. Point being, Oscar, is everybody is going to expect Dallas to screw up or choke or whatever. And I just don't see it, mainly because of two people, Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott, I don't, something has gotten into him, and I don't know what it is. I cannot tell. But Ezekiel Elliott has been playing and looking like he did this, his first year coming out of Ohio State. Do you remember that first year of him coming out of Ohio State? He, he, and up until he got suspended, he held the rushing record. He's got that mindset back. Like I said, everybody out here expecting Tom Brady to sit there and mow over the Dallas Cowboys. That's not how we do over here at Arlington, son. It's going to be a hot matchup. I'm telling you right now, for fantasy purposes, I agree with you. Real scenario – I'm going to take Tampa. I'm sorry to say that, but I'm going to take Tampa this weekend. Disrespectful. That's okay. I'm going to no. take whoever okay. your Rams play. I'm going to take them. That's okay. It's okay. the Rams. Okay. I'm going to take gonna, whoever gonna, they play. You know what? All I'm saying is 
your team's got a shot only, only if that offense gets going. If that offense gets going, your team's got a shot, okay? If Prescott and your two type receivers, they get going, they got a shot. Because I think Tampa defense and their secondary is not as good as it was last year based on paper. But we will see, obviously, on Thursday what the outcome will be. So you're saying Cowboys by three. I'm saying uh, Tampa by uh, two touchdowns. Let's just let's just throw what? it out there now. What is what? Yeah. What is that? Two touchdowns? Oscar, what? What? Just, what I'm are just you telling you what there? I know. Okay. So we'll see who's right. See, we'll see you want right to see Oscar? I can't. We can't. Well, I'm gonna be salty with you for ten seconds. We cannot do this on the podcast right now. Oscar F. Lopez. I'm ashamed uh, of you. You said two touchdowns. You're God. going off of last year. No. I'm going off the roster that is currently set up as of last week. So I really think you have an opportunity to beat them if they take advantage of the secondary. That's all I'm saying. But my score is you're taking Dallas by three. I'm taking Tampa by two. Okay, two touchdowns. I think they're able to do it. But the Dallases have to prove me wrong. Okay, they got to prove us wrong. So it's fair. Mm -hmm. You're taking Cowboys. I'll take Tampa. Until until Tampa can until Dallas can take down Tampa, uh, obviously I will be proven wrong next week if that's the case. So we'll leave it. Yeah, at that. and I'm gonna come okay? back um, on this podcast and I'm gonna make you say salty one. You was wrong. Mac, if hey, you could make it next Tuesday, right that would be really appreciative. Okay, so you can make it next Tuesday. Okay, just do the thing. That's all I'm saying. It's a thing. Tell me being here, Oscar. Okay, that's what. <laughs> wanted me being here. You out here disrespecting my Cowboys on the time for it. <laughs> I'm not disrespecting them. I'm just telling you how it is. So maybe the outcome will be different. But you said by three. Dallas by three. I'm saying Tampa by two touchdowns. Okay, so that's what I left it at. Um, let's go to Monday night. Go to Monday night. Uh, do you think the Raiders have a shot against Baltimore? Do you think the Raiders no. at Holy home, cow. opening the new stadium, Monday night, Uh, no. I'm going to say yes because it's a home game for Vegas. However, Baltimore, I just, I don't, even though it's a home game for Vegas, I, there, I don't see anybody, I, don't, I, don't, I just don't see being able to do much against them. I don't know why. I just, for some reason, something's telling Matt. me, like, the Raiders you feel Baltimore, you feel Baltimore is going to come uh, – I mean, last year, they were kind of a heckle and jekyll on their offense. That's why I, I think everybody coming in here is thinking maybe the Raiders are going to take advantage of that because you cannot just have the Lamar Jackson show and expect to win ball games. So I think Vegas has retooled. They're better uh, offensively. So uh, we're going to see whether Baltimore is a better team than they were in, tw- in, um, in 2020 because – it, it, uh, up to that point, three straight years, they were, you know, they get well, they get to well, a certain level to, and they, they just can't over. Right. Well, you have to you have to think of it this way: Ingram Ingram is coming off the injury. He's, you know, for mm-hmm. what we know, for the most part, is recovered. Hollywood Brown, same thing, coming off a little bit of an injury, a little bit of being, you know, tweaked. You know, he he started as a rookie, was probably a little still still a little bit banged up coming off of that run from OU you know, before he got drafted. Um, you also have to think Lamar Jackson. I feel, you know, I feel during especially this time period, you know, 2019 through COVID year, 
through now, you know, getting ready to start the 2021 season on a regular season. We, you know, we've had pro camps, we've had OTAs, we've had mini camps, you know, QB mm-hmm. camps, we've had all the training and, and, and things to fix those setbacks and knock out those habits and make new ones. So you think, you would think that on both sides, it's not just Baltimore, you would think on both sides, Vegas and Baltimore would have been able to work out those kinks by now. So, and like I said, I'm, I'm only take, taking Baltimore. I'm going to take the Raiders. Just, I'm take, I'll, I'll take the Raiders over Baltimore. So I will, I will take the Raiders over Baltimore. I just think they're a better team right have, now. I think, Austin, I think they're just a better team. What did you have for breakfast this morning? I don't know. Whatever you had for breakfast this morning, don't eat it again. I think the Raiders better team. Uh, if, if it's a Lamar-only show, then Baltimore's going to suffer. I, offensively, they haven't really – they didn't do much upgrading. So I'm going to go with Vegas. So uh, let's, let's bring in uh, Nate here in, in, into the mix here. Um, so, okay, Mackenzie, let's go uh, to the next game, and we'll bring in Nate into this conversation. Uh, I am taking my Rams uh, to take down the Chicago Bears and Andy Dalton. Just think Stafford has a great game. Off to the ball. Uh, of course you're going to go with your, your Rams, as you should. Well, of course. That's why I'm taking the Bears. So here's what I'm thinking. What? Because Andy what? Dalton, listen, you, oh. you I had to listen Seriously. to you. Seriously. No way. You talk about my damn oh, challenge. You hush, young man. If Justin Fields was there, I could see why. But not Andy Dalton. What? Come on. I, look, I am literally, listen to me. I'm literally looking for Andy Dalton to choke. That is why I am taking the Bears. I'm literally, I'm literally looking for the Andy Dalton to play for Dallas last get, year. You want Dalton to be replaced and then uh, Fields to uh, I just upset my Rams? Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh. He's got Marshall Cole over there. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. No way. Bears by Fitty. Yep, Bears oh. by Fitty. Hot take of the night. Bears oh. by Fitty. No way. Yep. Oh, my. That's no what you way. get for going against my Dallas it's Cowboys. It's Sunday night. Fitty, We're going to kill them. Stafford gets on a roll. We're done. We're done. They're done. Cooper Cup. That's it. Everybody. That's oh, it. We're, we're done. Oh. That, oh, oh, my. No way. All right, I'll, that's fine. Okay, so you're taking the Bears. I'm taking really, the Rams. It's really Nate, Bears by – I'm taking yeah, Bears by – Nate, you're neutral actually. here. You've got to take the West Coast, right? Come on, Nate. Oh, my God. Well, I, I mean, regardless of, you know, West Coast pride, I'm going Rams either way. Anyway. No. Is, no more coffee for y'all. Gosh. With the Bears and Dalton – that's no. That's no different than than the Ravens with Jackson. If it's a one man show, they're toast. There's no way around. Bears. You can't I don't think the Bears that it's going that. to be. Oh my God, y'all are no more. No more right, coffee or Debbie cakes for y'all. It's going to your oh head. My. Oh my God. All right, Mackenzie. Let's 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 go into the details here. Uh, will the Lions even with golf at the helm? Uh, is Frisco for real? And if do they need to beat? If they don't beat the Lions. All this hype about their defense and their upgrades and everything else, do we, are we, uh, or, or are we going to see Trey Lance before we get out? We got five minutes, so we got to like break it down. So here, I got you. So, so here's the interesting thing. Um, the interesting thing about the line is literally your 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 Rams and the Detroit Lions literally flip quarterbacks. That's all. Y'all flip quarterbacks, but not a better quarterback than. Unfortunately, that's not quite Jared, that's not quite golf's fault. I don't think he was ready for 
for McVay's offense, to be honest. I don't think Jared Goff is ready for McVay's offense. Now, I think Trey Lance is going to play. I'm surprised that they have not opinion as a starter. You think Garoppolo is going to be stepped aside and Lance will play week one? That's that's a big bombshell for us. So so here's the deal. I think I think what they're going to do is they're going to run a two QB system. They're going to give okay. they're going to give Garoppolo the first couple snaps, and then they're going to put Trey in. They're going to see what Trey can actually do in a real game time situation. Because as you saw during preseason, he didn't have. I mean, I'm not going to say he didn't have any problems, but he didn't have any problems with the pressure for the most part. Jimmy G, on the other hand, out here choking like he's choking on a lollipop on a dumb dumb sucker out here choking, stinking it up. Trey Lance was out here looking like a jeep. Nate. So I don't know. I, I agree with you. I think Niners, if they switch it up, they'll do that. Um, Nate, uh, your Seahawks, if they've fallen in Indianapolis with all this quarterback controversy, what does it say about the Russell Wilson complaint about offense? They they got to win this, right? Week one, they got it on the road. They got to take this. You know, <clears throat> this is one of the big concerns I have every year. You know, we we saw in and out through the entire preseason, what, most of the teams at least played some of their starters to get them legs and everything. Over here at the Seahawks, I was at that last game. I was at the one against the Broncos. And they they they, they fooled everybody. They acted the whole entrance and everything and the fanfare was like, oh yeah, these guys are starting, including Russell. And then once the first snap happened, there was not a single damn one of them on that field. And so, if they are as rusty as I firmly am nervous they are. They are in trouble. I mean, I'm going for them because I, I, you know, but the problem is, is that the Colts also have a bone to pick. Because remember, they, they tied for the top last year, and I think they want to achieve mm-hmm. more than that. So they're Oh, I agree. I agree. I agree. I think it's going to be one of those things where, you know, they got to get they got to get this win, in other words, because I think Indy is not, that, not there with all the changes, but Seattle definitely needs to get this win. Uh, the Rams, if the Rams take down Chicago, they got, they're in the mix. If, if San Francisco takes down Detroit, I mean, it's a, it's a tough division. You cannot uh, get off the week one into a loss mode. So we'll, we'll see what really happens here. Um, so, guys, don't yeah. forget, uh, everybody, you can listen to our podcast, over 300 episodes. You can check out all our uh, previous episodes, the last four episodes, 388 with Tori Petri. Thank you, Tori, for coming in. Uh, and it was uh, 387, which is uh, Megan Lewis and Gina Magana. 386, Kerry Walters, Dion Lee. We have 385, the champion Texas Lee Spartans here, Dina Guidry and Amanda Hillman. We also had a D3 champion, Angelita Furman, and uh, 384, plus uh, Nevada Storm in the house, Coach Garza and Sarah Calangelo. So what awesome podcasts. If you missed them, go back and replay them and all that, and uh, check them out on Apple, iHeart, and Spotify. So um, Mackenzie and Nate, uh, week one is here, NFL. So, you know, let's get ready. Uh, you're going for Cowboys taking down Tampa Bay. I'm going for Rams taking on the Bears. And obviously Nate's uh, you know, taking Seattle down Indy. So it's going to be a great, great weekend. I'm excited. I'm, I'm happy football's back. And I actually also have my first high school game on Friday. So it's going to be a perfect weekend. Perfect. Dallas Cowboys by all right, City. Um, all right, no problem. Uh, let's let's uh, give uh, Mark Simone a shout-out before we get out of here. Thanks for Mark for coming in here as well. Yeah give us the insights and women's uh, news. So we will be here next week. The salty one. Uh, well, Mackenzie, I'm going to be proven wrong to your point, And I guess I'll prove you wrong next Tuesday. So we'll see you guys next Tuesday to see who's right and wrong. 
on the podcast I'm week one right NFL. Oscar. All right. Not me. The salty one's going to be All right, right I can tell. Don't get it twisted. Oh, my God. I'm not getting it twisted. So make sure you're here next for the outcome, and the salty one will be here for all the opinions that you love her for. So check it out next Tuesday, 390. Wow, in the house, 390, going towards Ooh. the 400 podcast. Awesome. Thanks for uh, Nate Ward coming in here, uh, Mackenzie Brooks, and uh, the backseat coach, Mark Simone, plus Holly Cusses and Holly's Corner. So we'll catch you here next week. Oscar Lopez saying, be here for 390. Have a great weekend, everybody. Is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy to play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.